One of the great themes of the Bible is the idea of reversal. The Lord tells us, for example, that even though in this life the wicked seem to amass more wealth and power for themselves, while the righteous are often the most lowly of society, one day a great reversal is coming where God will exalt the meek and the humble and bring the high and mighty low. This is especially prevalent in the Gospels, where the coming of the reign of King Jesus is seen as the sure sign that that reversal will come to pass. Another reversal theme that's prevalent in the Gospels is the Lord's presentation about what real, genuine righteousness looks like. In Luke 18, there are two parables at the beginning of the chapter. And even though we're going to focus on the second parable mostly in today's video, we need to notice the first one in order to set the context. Luke 18, verse 1 says, Now he was telling them a parable to show them at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart. The parable that Jesus will use to illustrate the importance of persistent prayer is about a woman who was seeking justice from an unrighteous judge. And the parable depicts how this woman has to be persistent. She has to go over and over again and essentially to bother this judge to the point where he finally submits to her desire and gives her the ruling that she so desperately is seeking. The idea is that when we pray, even if it doesn't appear that our prayers are being answered, we know that Jesus is reigning on his throne above and that he is uh, our mediator to God the Father. And if we are persistent, if we'll not lose heart in our prayers, we can have confidence that God surely hears us and will answer them in his due course. And now, immediately after that, Jesus pivots from talking about an unrighteous judge to a self-righteous Pharisee. Luke 18, beginning in verse 9. And he also told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and viewed others with contempt. Now, this parable is one of the more well-known that Jesus delivered where the Lord depicts a scene in the temple courtyard where two men have come to pray. Look at how the first one is described. Two men went up into the temple to pray, verse 10 says, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and was praying this to himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. The Pharisee comes, vaulting himself above his peers, to declare, not really to the Lord, but mostly to himself, what a wonderful man he is. He looks around the room, perhaps, the area where others were praying, and he sees some who, uh, he, whom he deems to be lesser than him in personal piety and righteousness. And notice that he hones in on the fact that in the room with him is one of the dregs of society, a lowly tax collector. These were sellouts. These were people who had uh, turned their back on their own kin, their own countrymen, to go uh, work for the Roman government of all things. And he says, listen, I'm thankful that I'm the man that I am. I'm not like this publican over here in the corner. Look at all the wonderful things that I do when I tithe and 
pray. And now Jesus flips the switch, the reversal in verse 13. But the tax collector, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven, but he was beating his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. The New King James Version says a sinner, but the New American Standard here is more accurate in inserting the definite article. He says, I am the sinner, the chief of sinners, the worst of all sinners. And now the conclusion of verse 14, Jesus said, I tell you, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. This tax collector knew exactly the kind of man that he was. He wouldn't even look up as was one of the customary prayer stances of the day. Instead, he was downcast. He smote his chest as a sign of deep anguish over his sin and begged God for mercy because he was the sinner. Now, in the society where Jesus lived, uh, this contrast would have been startling to the crowd. The idea that a, a, a Pharisee could be considered somehow less righteous than a tax collector was shocking. But the point that Jesus is making is so clear. All of us have sinned. Romans 3.23 makes this abundantly clear. None of us can stand before God with our eyes gazed directly at the throne of heaven and declare our piety, our justice, our righteousness before him. No, we all should beg God on our knees for mercy. Humility, humility is the key. Understanding who we are and how utterly dependent we are on the love the grace and the unyielding mercy of our God in heaven.